0: What's up, everybody? On today's show, six games in the SEC this week. We're going to preview them all with our buddy Chris Marler, who joins us this time every week. We got Brock Bowers injured. We got Jimbo Fisher buyout talk again and much more. Locked on SEC starts right now.
1: You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 or more infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. We're free to available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network covering your team every day. And joining us as he does this time every week is our buddy Chris Marlar from the uh, Saturday football, the college football.
1: Talk. Saturday. So football close. Uncensored so close.
0: podcast. Hey, I was close.
1: What's going on, Marlar? Not much, man. Um, just uh, sitting here wondering why I decided to be so arrogantly public with what I said about Liberty uh, on a Tuesday night football game. And it being the lock of the year uh, against Middle <laughs> Tennessee State, because uh, spoiler alert, it was not. It was not. So that's about it. It's uh, it's always funny to
0: to uh, make uh, wagers and and hardcore bets on games that nobody even watch. So uh, that's 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 good. I, I mean, better. now that Hugh Freeze isn't at Liberty, there's no reason to watch. Although now that Hugh Hugh Freeze at Auburn, there's a little reason to watch. Apparently, with the way they're playing. But uh, let's dive into it, Marler. Big story coming out this week. One of the best players in all of college football, particularly the SEC. Brock Bowers. We find out he's going to have the uh, the tightrope surgery. Some saying, you know, he should be back, you know, somewhere towards the end of the season. Should be back in time for SEC championship game, playoff, all that. Uh, other people saying, oh, he's done for the year. He's just done. But whatever. What what? How big of a loss is this for Georgia? I, granted, it's their best player, but right. Georgia's got other guys
1: behind him. Yeah. So I think it's it it's hard to. To figure out like how big of a loss it is yet, because obviously like Georgia has, has done really, they've done a lot of good things on, on their offensive, their game planning and, and like just the way they call plays and the way they distribute the football um, for a long time. It's just been like the blueprint, whether it was Bunkin or with Bobo. Um, so it's not like it's just one dude. That being said, I mean like, you know, Brock Bowers had way more receptions and way more yards than anybody else in that roster. The first two years it was obviously doing that again this year. I mean, and he's, he's, Possibly the best player in the country. He's the best player at his position in the country. Um, might be the greatest player at his position in the history of college football. Like, those aren't embellishments. Those are real things. Um, so on that you know, on that side, it's a really big deal because you're losing a lot of production, for sure. Um, but like you said, there's guys behind him. And I think that like there are a few units on that team that may be even more star-studded than that tight end group. Because it's elite recruits. They're young, but they're really high, high-ranked recruits. Um, extremely talented and they've got a little bit of experience too. So the one thing I think that is going to come into play for them, that's really, really helpful is one, the schedule gets a little tougher, but the defenses they're about to face aren't, aren't that great. Um, and then two is the fact that like Bobo and this offense, they, they distribute the football to eight or more receivers in every game this season, at every single game in five of the seven, they've had at least 10 different players catch a pass. So like, they're not going to be completely dependent on one person to win games.
0: Yeah, it was it was just that Carson Beck as he continues to develop, it was nice to have Brock Bowers as that safety yeah. uh safety net, I guess you will, if you will. But I like what Reese Davis said. Reese Davis said this is actually more dangerous for Georgia because it allows them to take Oscar Dell, Lawson Lucky, one of these guys, develop them over the next pick, you know, next few weeks. And then what if by the time we get to the SEC championship game? That dude has become a stud, and you get Brock Powers back. Yeah, it makes Georgia that much more dangerous. Well, so. the thing about it, like,
1: like I, I, feel like I've had this argument a thousand times on Twitter with with Georgia fans about like, you know, the 2021 season when Mechie and Williams go down in the second to last game of the year. That's uh, very different than what happened with Georgia. But make no mistake about it. I mean, Georgia is already this year missing a ton of starters. That 2021 season, they were without George Pickens for most of the year. Now, like, they lost a couple guys early in the like in the preseason. And it kind of became a benefit because then you were able to get guys like Brock Bowers and Lydon McConaughey and all these other people that you didn't think were going to be such a huge part of the offense on the field. And so by the time you get to December and you can roll out of George Pickens and have a seasoned vet that's still a freshman, I mean, it's yeah, it's like the rich get richer somehow.
0: One of our other storylines, by the way, George on a bye week this week, another team that uh, has their bye week this week, it is Texas A&M and uh, Jimbo Fisher making some headlines is obviously they lose to Tennessee this past week, third loss already. Um, I got to think they're going to be underdogs in road games at Ole Miss and at LSU here down the stretch of the season. And let's just say they take care of business in the other ones, seven and five. Is that fireable for Jimbo Fisher? Some say yes. Some say no. Uh, Bruce Feldman from the athletic yesterday comes out with a report. that says Texas AM. I am told will find the money to get rid of Jimbo. If he can't get this thing going, that's great. But define, get this thing going. Yeah. Like, what is is seven and five? You know, somebody told me eight and four, and he's safe. Well, okay, but seven and five means you're firing him. I mean, you know, Tom Herman went seven and five at Texas, and they moved on. I get it, but it's still what fifty million the buy? It? Like, it's still a ton of it's money. Seventy
1: six point eight million dollars, <laughs> and that's that's only if they they fire him before January first. So if they they fire him after January first, it's sixty seven point or something like that. So it's a ton of money, right? And, and like, the thing with a is, like, they have no one to blame with themselves. Like, you're the one that gave them that ridiculous contract in the first place, the 10 years for $75 million, and then went back and doubled down on it because he beat Bama by three points and, and then got a number one recruiting class. Um, You know, like, it, it was like a fleecing of all time. But um, that being said, like, I, I would be shocked if they go eight and four – I would be shocked if he was if he was let go from there. But it's also very weird. Like you said, like the margin for error is like, okay, eight and four is fine when you still have LSU and you still have Ole Miss both on the road, uh, on that schedule. I, I don't understand the the like they've lost three games. Two of them are on the road. They were all the people like teams that have been ranked. One of them's Sabama, one of them's Tennessee. Like like it wasn't like they lost, like they didn't blow a game like that 2021 season, they lost to Mississippi State. Like it's not like that. So I I honestly kind of think, I hate to say it, that Jimbo's getting a little bit of unfair uh, like heat on him right now after that game. And,
0: and he's got the ultimate trump card, brother. He can always come back and go, guys, we lost our starting quarterback, Connor Wegman.
1: That's you know, huge, we, though.
0: We lost by one score to Bama, one score to Tennessee. If I got Connor Wegman, maybe I win both those games. So that's where I think, like again, barring you lose to Mississippi State or something that you have no business losing right. to. You go 6-6, six and six, yeah, I think he's done. But you go 7-5, and five, and you, you know, say you lose by one score at Ole Miss and one score at LSU. I think you say, "Look, guys, we're close. We get Connor Wegman back next year. Yeah. The defense is is churning. DJ Durkin's doing his thing. Like, let's run this thing back. Don't fire me." So I don't know. It to be a tough decision to be made in, in college station. Yeah,
1: I think the one thing that's, that is concerning though, and I saw that like our good buddy Connor O'Gara threw this stat out there. Jimbo, outside of the like, not including the COVID year, he's three and fourteen in true road games in the last. 17 games. Wow. Well, that might be far,
0: but All right, One more uh, thought in this segment. We only have six games to preview this week, so I figured we'd get this one out of the way. LSU is hosting Army, kind of a weird midseason game. Army is 2-4 and four on the air. Uh, not the old triple option that they used to run. Army looks a little bit different nowadays, but LSU 30-point favorite. I just wanted to touch on Jaden Daniels. The season he's having at LSU is... Probably the second greatest season for a quarterback outside right. of the Joe Burrow year. Uh, absolutely ridiculous what he's doing. I mean, people were actually picking Auburn to upset LSU a week ago and they go in, out and beat them 48 to 18. I mean, absolute demolishing.
1: Yeah. First and foremost, I, I was shocked that to learn that, that people were actually picking Auburn. And so if you were one of those people like lean in uh, close and, and, and leave, lend me your ear, you're an idiot. Like you're a dumb person. <laughs> if you thought that was going to happen, I, like the, the thing I kept hearing too, is like, that LSU defense is so bad. Like, do you think Auburn can pull the upset? And I was like, okay, well, here's the other side of that. The defense is bad, but Auburn's offense is even worse somehow. But, no, the, the Jaden Daniels stuff, its it'll be interesting to see how he does this weekend because if he puts up four touchdowns, I'm definitely going to tweet that he and LSU hate the troops. Um, that's a tough look. That's a tough look. But at the same time, I'm, yeah, like, it's, it's the second-best season, like, right behind Burrow, which is – possibly the greatest season in cultural history from an individual like, you know, like player. I am blown away by how good he's been. Like I, I knew he had a great season last year. I was not convinced he was going to like match that or, or let alone like what, like surpass it by far. Um He's already got more, like way more touchdown passes this year. uh And like through half or half of the season than he did in all of last year. He's just been great. He doesn't make mistakes. He's, he glides on the field. Like he's, he just seems like he is a step ahead or a, a, like a hair faster than every other person on the field. And what's really impressive is the fact that, like, his accuracy throwing the football has become so consistently, like, elite and lethal. That's what makes him like so impressive to me.
0: Yeah, and the fun thing, we'll get into Alabama, Tennessee a little bit later, but this week, Bama's got a huge game against Tennessee. It's a rivalry game, and then they get the bye week. LSU gets Army, and then the bye week. We heard this week Brian Kelly said they're going to rest Makai Wingo. He's banged up. Let him get healthy yeah. with this in the bye week to get better for Alabama. So yeah. It's just kind of it's weird, the different approaches. Like, Bama's going into the trenches full oh, warfare yeah. with Tennessee, where LSU gets Army, ironically a military reference, but they, they can kind of rest some people up this week and get healthy for the Bama game in three weeks.
1: I, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks because everyone kind of – just threw out LSU as like a contender early on because they have those two losses early on. But I tell you what, man, like they are a really good football team, despite the defense and that can only improve. I just, I have a feeling that they're going to ruin someone's season.
0: Yeah. And and again, it's, you know, you look at it, the the Florida state game got away from in the fourth quarter. They didn't have Logan Diggs, Who's been a stud Mm -hmm. running back ever since he's gotten in there and the Ole miss game, you get one defensive stop. You win that game, but Albeit your record is what you are, but still a very dangerous team vying for the West. All right, Marla, we're going to get into some of the other games going on around the conference in just a second. Uh, But first, uh, you are watching Locked on SEC, listening to Locked on SEC more in just a sec. All right, we want to remind you guys this episode is presented to you by our friends over at the Jace Case. Like today's episode brought to you by Jace Case. There are... uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now and it's important for you guys to be prepared there's tons of stuff going on um you know everything from natural disasters earthquakes of course we're coming out of hurricane season all kinds of stuff to worry about we'll have uh freeze warnings in effect very soon for a lot of parts of the country and look jace case wants to make sure that or jace medical wants to make sure you are prepared that's why you need to take a look at the jace case um Any of these natural disasters can lead to supply chain shortages for medications or the inability to get medications in a timely manner. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. Jace Medical now offers customizable uh, for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. You choose the medications that fit you best and your family's unique needs. Uh, Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings as well. In those recent efforts, they added ivermectin as an option in the Jace case. You just go to jacemedical.com and to the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That'll get you $20 off uh, discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Go uh, check them out today. All right, we continue on here on uh, Locked on SEC and our buddy Chris Marlar joining us as we uh, continue to preview the week that will be in week eight in the SEC. And Marlar, as we get into it, let's start with Mississippi State, Arkansas. Mississippi State coming off of a bye week, but they've been banged up and still no real word yet on Jaquavius Marks or Woody Marks at running back or Will Rogers. They've both been banged up. Uh, Zach Arnett won't show his hand he said oh yeah you know we had some injuries whatever but like he won't say are they playing this week we won't know until the week rolls on but Arkansas actually a six-point home favorite I don't know how often the team is a six-point home favorite that's lost how many games in a row now but the one thing you got to tip your cap to Sam Pittman and Arkansas they're they're not quitting they're putting up a fight and they gave Bama just about all they could handle this past week in the second half.
1: Well, yeah, in like the last 16 minutes, especially because, um, I mean, there's a lull there for, you know, they didn't have a first down from like the six minute mark in the first quarter until there was one minute left in, in the third quarter. But like that is like the one thing that I, I would say that is very noticeable about Sam Pittman is like the passion he has for that job and that school. And it, like it, it reminds me a lot of, of Coach O with, with LSU, just on a much more PG level um because he i mean you can tell he just really cares about about that that university and that job and all that kind of stuff and it shows in his work um super impressed like you know the lsu game is the same way they they did not come out scared they did not come out like they were you know they at any point in that game like you talk about quitting because they've lost five in a row specifically in that game they could have quit and just rolled over and, and and you know tip your cap to them i this game is going to be I feel like it's going to be like watching like a dizzy bat home run derby. Like it's going to be entertaining, <laughs> but it's going to be wobbly and some pretty awkward moments. Cause the offenses are, are, they've been better. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. And I think part of that line just has to do with the questions on the health of Mississippi state. Like I think if Woody marks, and Will Rogers are hundred percent, I think they're looking in their locker room going, we're a six point underdog to a two and five team. Like guys, come on, let's go. If we can't get this thing going, but um, it, it's a big one on both sides. I mean, Mississippi State, if they want to get to six and six and get to a bowl game, this is a game you've got to win. Beat a bad Arkansas team. If you're Arkansas, you look at it and go, guys, we've been losing, but we've been competitive. How many games, how many of these losses were by one score? Let's go. Let's get our craft together and let's win this one this week. But it'll be an early one, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN from Fayetteville, Ah, uh, the line is six. You got an early lean on? Or um, um,
1: no chance I would touch that game. No <laughs> chance I would touch that game. There, they, there's just like, there's just nothing around KJ Jefferson, and there's sometimes nothing around Will Will Rogers. I just like, they should do an academic decathlon. Call it a day. <laughs>
0: Speaking of not much around them, uh, South Carolina, uh, they are coming off another loss, two and four how – they're going to six and one Missouri. Missouri with a monster road win at Kentucky last week, and they're back. They're in the top twenty-five to lose LSU. They drop out. They beat Kentucky. They're back in the top twenty-five. But this will be the three thirty Eastern game on the SEC Network. Uh, Missouri, a seven-point home favorite. Uh, South Carolina, give. I mean, they, they should have beat Florida. To be right. honest with you, ten-point fourth-quarter lead, you blow it. But man, South Carolina's defense is just—it's not good. Uh, Spencer Rattler's balling out of this world. He's playing his butt off. But uh, Missouri, man, they are playing really well uh, this season, offensively and defensively.
1: I, I'll tell you what, going into the season, I knew they were going to be better than people expected, but better to me was going to be like seven or eight wins. Um, it, it has been really, really impressive to watch what Drinkwitz has been able to do there. Uh, if you would have asked me before the season, like my whole thing about what was going to drive the success of this team was their defense because they returned eight or nine starters from that team last year that was, you know, better than people realized because, you know, like Mizzou just will always fly under the radar and people will not take them seriously until they have to just because it's like low-hanging fruit and, and like, a, like a joke, right? They're like the Gary Danielson of the SEC in terms of like belonging here. <laughs> but that being said, like I love how Mizzou's played this season, the chip on their shoulder. It also, like you're talking about one stop and then a pick six away from possibly being undefeated. They had a 22-15 or 22-7 lead in that game against LSU – I was so impressed last week that go down fourteen zero on the road in a game that you have not won in a decade in that building. Um, couldn't stop anything at the, in the first two drives. And the fact that they were able to do all that and come back and go on a 35-7 to run without Luther Burden being a factor, that that was the most impressive part of the game.
0: Yeah, it, um, it. I just keep looking at it and going, man. South Carolina is a desperate team. I mean, they lose this one; they're they're two and five. I mean, you are not bowl games out the pit out the picture. And mm-hmm. it, honestly, even with a win this week, it might be hard to get. You know, you three and four. It's hard to get find a three more wins on the schedule for South Carolina. But I, I think I'll lean Missouri at home, um, just because they've played so well and they can't they can't mess up this week. But I feel bad for Spencer Rattler, man. He's doing his best back there with a bad offensive line, yeah. a bad defense. And he's just trying to, he's putting the team on his back, trying to do all he can do, but uh, it's a tough one. The uh, night game on ESPN Marlar, six central. It will be number 13 Ole Miss at three and three Auburn crate. When I saw this line, I mean, Ole Miss is a six and a half point road favorite. That's it. As bad as Auburn's been. I understand it's Jordan Hare stadium. I understand they get a lot of credit. They got up for Georgia and all that. But, man, there's only so much a stadium can do for you. Ole Miss, they got weapons everywhere.
1: I'm trying to find in my notes in my paper notebook like a child um, where I wrote all my Week 8 notes. Just how big of a difference Auburn has been or how big of a difference being home has been, like, been to them as a team this year. They average like, I want to say, like, 28 more points per game at home than they have on the road. Uh, I mean, they've looked bad on the road they haven't been a great football team but like think about that performance that when they went out to cal and then at AM and and those like and what happened at all at lsu like they have gotten blown out immediately this game like i thought would have a little more juice to it because of the stuff in the off season i thought Auburn would be a little bit better than they are um I, all like all we know about hugh freeze coming into this job is that you know he's a he's born again god willing they're going to go out there and win as many games as possible. And he's a quarterback for a QB guru. And he has done nothing with this, the quarterbacks on that roster. And I'm not saying there's a lot that he could have done. Um, I just don't see anything on that offense for 60 minutes. It's going to be like an above average team, let alone Ole Miss. who's ranked 13th in the country and coming off a bye. So I, I think that this game, it'll be close early because Jordan hair will be rocking and all that kind of stuff. And they will be, You know, trying to keep the team in it, but just Peyton Thorne is not going to get it done. And it's been really tough to watch.
0: Yeah. Ole Miss, they they got their ground game going. Quinchon Judkins got healthy. Ulysses Bentley's been a nice compliment. Jordan Watkins is back. I just, I don't know, man. Ole Miss is scoring 30 plus. So if they're doing that, can Auburn get to 30? Not with Peyton Thorne at quarterback. So. I think they honestly like. I think they should make the switch to Robbie Ashford. Just saying, like Robbie, let it fly. If you can't get it done, I've seen enough of Peyton Thorn. He stinks. Yeah, it's the it's the dud of the transfer portal of the off season. And so we're,
1: we're having through the season and we're still doing this weird. Like it doesn't even seemingly like, seemingly make sense the way they're rotating him anyway. Like I, I just it, I, I don't get it. I know Auburn fans are frustrated and you know, they deserve it. So there's
0: that. All right. More with Chris Marler here in just a second. We'll touch on the game of the week, the third Saturday of October. Mm Marlar's already having a panic attack thinking about it. We'll get to that in just a sec. All right. But uh, right now we want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at eBay motors, like passion drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com Eligible items only Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Go check them out today. eBay Motors all right, As we dive back into it with our buddy Chris Marler from the uh, Saturday Football Uncensored podcast of course part of the uh, Saturday down south network marler we've got the game of the week it is tennessee it is alabama it is the third saturday in october and a rivalry that alabama has dominated so much in recent years came crashing crashing back down to earth last year as tennessee was able to get over the hump that field goal kick i mean i still i watched the replay i still don't know how that ball gets in i mean yeah, i was celebrating
1: because i thought i was blocked and anyway, <laughs> the house that i was in so was nice. i still don't know how he got in but the
0: goalposts come down tennessee celebrates they smoke cigars they get fined they say we don't care about the fine all this talk and now here we are two teams that mirror each other a little bit right i mean maybe tennessee's a little bit better at running the football as a team but defensively they're both strong Bama it looks like typical Bama defense mm-hmm. Tennessee very much improved defensively this year what are they third in the country in sacks but to me mm-hmm. Marlo the story of the game is the two quarterbacks good not great Jalen Milrose look fine Milton's been okay but like to me this is the story like which quarterback's gonna step up and play like a big boy this Saturday
1: yeah I mean I think I think Milro, I'm I don't know how you could look at these two quarterbacks and think that they look remotely similar because there's not a lot of advantages, I think, or, or like, you know, um, spots in this game that I think Bama has a huge advantage. But quarterback is one. Joe Milton's never thrown a touchdown pass in his entire 18 year career on the run. That is an actual fact. He has never thrown a touchdown pass while moving out of the pocket, um, unless that, maybe last week counted on that little rollout to the tight end. That was the first one. Uh, I don't think Joe Milton can beat Alabama or any good team by being consistent and efficient and not making mistakes for 60 minutes. Um, just like point blank period. I, I don't think he's good enough to do that. I definitely don't think he's good enough to go on the road uh, to do that. We saw it happen in, in, in Florida, but it's not even just Florida. Like last week against a several times they had a chance to put their foot on someone's throat and, and he, I mean, bad interceptions, right? Now, all that's fine. And, and I was really looking forward to this game because, in my mind, in the offseason, you lost a ton of weapons on offense. And so that was going to take a step back, and it has. I did not realize that this Tennessee defense was going to be one of the best in the, in the SEC, and they match up really well with Bama's weaknesses on offense because they get after the quarterback. They, they are constantly in the backfield. And Bama's offensive line has given up 30 sacks this season. Um, I think it's 30 sacks. They have, they have given up four sacks at least in their last five games or six games. It's the first time that's happened to a power five, I think, uh, team in the SEC in like the last 20 years. Wow. Like, it, like, at, one, like at one point last week, well, I mean, one player of Arkansas had four sacks. <laughs> like, like it was just, it's been bad all year. And I don't think that that is going to necessarily change uh, overnight going into this game. Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes at quarterback, I think, is, is probably going to win the game. Because even last week of that Arkansas game, man, it, like every single pass under like the last three minutes, you just feel like you're on the edge of your seat. Like, what could possibly go wrong? Because something bad's going to happen. Um, I I liked the fact that Bama's at home, and it's a revenge game. Nine and a half is way too many points. But yeah, I mean, I I will say that like Tennessee fans better they better pray that they that they win this game, because the <laughs> yeah, assumption think- that they were going to just be better than Bama going into this year because of the last year was very very um, premature. I think uh, FanDuel's already got the line down to nine, so some
0: money may be coming in on, on Tennessee there. Um, you said there is not, that you don't think Milton and Milrow are very similar. How about their names? Similar, Milrow, Milton, only a couple of consonants, different there. Um, no, it, it is, okay, I'll, I'm willing to hear you, Adam, give the edge to Milrow in quarterback. Bama's run game hasn't been bad, but I think I would give the edge to Tennessee, right, with how they've run it with the three-headed attack. Tennessee
1: is second in, in all of power five teams in the country in rush yards per game I mean they have and, and what what they did last week against AM was really really impressive I think the stuff that like the stuff that makes Tennessee such a good team this year is the stuff that no one is talking about like they are they run the football everyone assumes with Heupel's offense they're just throwing the ball over the field um no they are a run first offense and last week what they did to AM I mean just physically bullied am and and went to the run game especially late in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, like those are like they, A&M lost three starters during that game uh, in the front seven. And that obviously didn't help, but I mean, Tennessee lined up and said there, we're, we're going to run the football right at you. And this is the best thing that you do as a team. And, and a and couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop it. And I just, you know, I think that it's going to be super, super beneficial that this game's at home for Bama. Cause if it was on the road, I think that that nine points should be a you know, with the other team, um, I feel like I've picked Bama to lose in half their games this year, and and they've only done it once. And you know it'll it'll be I don't want to say fun. It'll be a panic attack for four hours, I'm sure, on Saturday. I, I do think this Tennessee team is is really good in some places that Bama is not, and they're also a lot more complete than people think. Like I mean, they won that game last week because they had a punt return for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, they, they've been getting. Co- contributions from all over the place, and it's funny. I saw the over/unders forty nine. Does this feel like a 21-19 type game? <laughs> I, I just it think it's now.
1: wild that the the total for the game is less than the points scored from both teams, like on their own. Yeah, a year, year ago. Yeah,
0: it's 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 Crazy. insane how different. But you know, newsflash: Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young, they were both pretty good. They're both gone, yeah. and so and uh, Milrow Milton, not maybe not up to snuff. So. Uh, okay, from a from an unbiased standpoint, you're saying – I mean, would you – if you, even if you're going to pick Bama to win, you would lean maybe Tennessee in the points, right? It's a lot oh, of points. a
1: thousand percent. I, I really do – this game scares me from a logical standpoint when you're looking at, like, what – because, like, Ole Miss, I was worried they, that Bama would lose that game as a fan because how are they going to keep up with the points and how are they going to keep up with the offensive style, like like play calling, like, it's similar to what Texas does with Sarkeesian. And obviously that, you know, that did not work out well. Um and they're also coming up at USF game, whatever. Going on the road at A&M, that's tough. I don't feel like being concerned about losing this game is coming from a place of like irrational thought, like as a fan, right? Like it, it is. Everywhere you look on Tennessee's team, where they excel, is where Bama does not do well at all. Like Bama has not stopped the run that well this year. They have been – I think they're one of the worst teams in the SEC in allowing explosive run plays of ten yards or more. Um, and again, the the defensive line. Is going to be in the backfield all day long, and and I don't think Tommy Reese has done anything throughout this season to give you a lot of confidence that like if they're behind the chains early, they're going to be able to just convert and convert and convert and have success on offense because like I, I just I just feel like at some point you're going to see a, a like a blindside hit on on, on Jalen where he fumbles or something because they're going they're going to hit him all day long.
0: Yeah, James Pierce having a fantastic year. Tyler Barron had a sack last week. I mean, the defensive front for Tennessee, who knew? Ty, Josh Heupel can win games without scoring 30 points. It's crazy, but yeah. uh, that's that's how good Tennessee's defense is playing. It's a monster, monster game, and uh, well, Bama's got this test, and in two weeks they'll have that, that LSU test. And if they can pass both of those, look, the one thing I'll say about Alabama, they're playing closer games than people expected this year, but when they need a play made, they're making it. Outside of the right. Texas game, Milrow made the plays against Ole Miss, made the plays against A and M, and then last week with five minutes to go, they don't even give KJ Jefferson the ball back. They made the plays to keep the drive moving, keep the chains moving, eat up clock, and get out with the win.
1: Let me just say something real quick on that too, because I I, I need to get it off my chest, or I'm I'm gonna freak out on my own over here. All of that thing, all of that is is great, and and you're right, and it feels good to hear as a as a, as a admitted <laughs> Bama fan. There's like, there's been six touchdowns they've had this year, two in the Texas game alone that came back because of penalties. They did it in like three or four straight games. They consistently do the dumbest stuff to shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I thought it couldn't get any worse. Like with the, the pre-snap penalties, they had a pre-snap penalty on, on a play last week where they were just lining up in victory formation to take a knee. They couldn't even do that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe Saban's just trying to shed the bandwagon f- fans. You know, like Dabo said, they're trying to do a Clemson. We're just trying to shed the bandwagon
1: fans. We're about trying to find our true fans. That there, is, so. I, he's, <laughs> he said some dumb stuff before, but that was, we should start losing so, so less people like us. Yeah. Dabo, listen, I, 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 just spoiler alert, like, I don't know if less people can like you. Yeah.
0: I give him. Them- another year, and that might be at Clemson. NIL is going to send him to an early uh, right. an early exit there over Clemson. He has Chris Marler, of course, the Saturday Football your podcast for his weekly segment here with us. Marler, always good to catch up, man.
1: Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon.
0: All right, and with that, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back and checking us out. We're back tomorrow on the show doing our full breakdown of Tennessee, Alabama, with our. Uh, Locked on insiders. So make sure you come back for that. Eric Kane and Luke Robinson. Going to be a lot of fun chatting up with those guys. Come on back on Locked on SEC tomorrow. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have an awesome day. Talk to you tomorrow.